Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1. When I was in the military, we did something called ex an exercise. And what we would do is we'd take several days and we would practice what we would do if war were to break out. How we would, would load the planes, how we would uh, take care of the equipment and, and prep it uh, for transport, all of these things. Uh, and the idea behind it was if you developed the right habits, you would be prepared if war were to take place. And in the same way, we need to develop habits that will help us to live godly Christian lives and to have victory over the enemy. Uh, and uh, in the scripture this morning, uh, Moses is talking to the children of Israel and he is reminding them of what God has done for them, what God is going to do for them. They're, they're on the brink of the promised land, getting ready to go across, and he's reminding them of God's law and he's saying, look, God has done some amazing things for you. But as you go into the promised land, you're going to be tempted to forget God because you were tested by, by uh, scarcity and leanness in your life and not having uh, food to eat and, and then God sent you manna, not having water to drink and then God sent you water from the rock. Uh, and so God tested you in that way, but now you're going to be tested with prosperity. And as God tests you with prosperity, he begins to bless you. Be careful that you don't forget God in the middle of it. I think that's where our country is today. I think we've forgotten God. God has blessed us with great prosperity. And, and we have turned our eyes away from him to other things. And, and so Moses begins to talk to them about uh, some different habits that they need to, to develop in their life so that they won't forget God and that they'll put their trust in God and live a life that is godly and victorious in their lives. And so uh, he's going to mention some things about the law. And they're under a different covenant than we are. The, the Mosaic covenant. We're under the new covenant. So there's some changes in some of the particular things. And the ways that God deals with us. But the principles that we're going to talk about this morning. Are principles that go across the board. That are still in every age are important for children of God to do. Uh, to walk closely with God and to have victory. And so each of us needs to develop these habits in our lives. The title of my message is Choosing Habits That Bring Victory. So look with, look with me at verse 1. You must carefully follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and take possession of the land the Lord swore to your fathers. Remember that the Lord your God led you on this entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. Then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your fathers had not known, so that you may learn to, that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out, and your feet did not swell these forty years. Keep in mind that the Lord your God has been disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. So keep the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams of water, springs and deep water sources, flowing in both valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, figs, pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without shortage. 
where you will lack nothing, a land whose rocks are iron and from whose hills you will mine copper. When you eat and are full, you will praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Be careful you don't forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his command, the ordinances and statutes I'm giving you today. When you eat and are full and build beautiful houses to live in and your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold multiply and everything else you have increases, be careful that your heart doesn't become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. He led you through great and terrible wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, a thirsty land where there's no water. He brought water out of the flint rock for you. He fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers had not known in order to humble and test you so that in the end he might cause you to prosper. You may say to yourself, my power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. But remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth. In order to confirm his covenant, he swore to your fathers as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods to worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will perish. Like the nations the Lord is about to destroy before you, you will perish if you do not obey the Lord your God. Choosing habits that bring victory. What are the habits that God wants us to choose? Well, first of all, he wants us to choose to hear him. Hear God. Um, he talks about the word of God in verse 3. He says, and, and by the way, this is the verse that Jesus quoted to the devil when he was being tempted. An important verse. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. He gave you manna to eat, which your, you or your fathers had not known, so that you might learn... That man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What is it that brings life and nourishment to the soul? It's the word of God. He says you need to hear him. You need to hear the words that bring life. Elsewhere, Moses tells the people of Israel, he says, these words are not our words for you. They are your life. In the New Testament, Peter tells his, his uh, flock, he says, listen, he says, partake of the pure spiritual milk of the word of God so that you might grow thereby. You need to hear God. Paul says this, he says, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, God has given us his word to nourish us and grow us spiritually. To equip us with the tools that we need to be successful in the Christian life. To give us the weapons that we need to have victory in our struggle against the evil one. Can I tell you, the only offensive weapon that's mentioned in the spiritual armor in scripture is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God's word has a power in it. Uh, it's a power to change hearts and change lives. Paul said this. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, first for the Jew and also for the Greek. There is power in the word of God. Every time Jesus was tempted, what did he do? He quoted scripture. He quoted the word of God. 
You need to saturate your heart and your mind with the Word of God. Don't rob yourself of the benefit of being in the house of God. To hear God's Word, being in Sunday school, to discuss God's Word, being in a regular spiritual time with God throughout the week. We have three services here a week, okay? I'm not trying to be legalistic here. I want you to understand that. But I want you to understand that we have, God has given you three times a week that you can plug in and get recharged. And so know that. And, and, and don't neglect to spend time with God in your regular, daily, quiet time with Him in His Word. Why? Because it's your life. It's your bread. It's your food. I heard Tony Evans one time uh, give an illustration, and he said, he said, some of you are the mothers of newborns. And he says, I say, he says sometimes I hear people at church say, well, I, I, I went to church on Sunday, that's enough. He said, when you are the mother of a newborn, you don't feed that baby one time a week. Right? Because you feed it. Three hours later, what are you doing? You're feeding him again. Three hours later, you're feeding him again. Three hours later, you're feeding him again. Guess what? That baby needs to eat. And when he grows up, he's not just going to eat one time a week. And if he does, he might be fasting for, for a spiritual purpose. But normally... We eat three meals a day, don't we? Why? Because we need that nourishment. Why is it that we need physical nourishment and we think we don't need spiritual nourishment? Don't underestimate the power of God's Word in your life. As you read it, you say, well, Pastor, I don't understand it all. That's okay. Guess what? I don't understand it all either. Okay? Does that take some pressure off? Uh, listen. God has given us his word, and God's word will be a blessing to your life. As you read God's word, pray for God to speak to you through his word. As you read his word, come with an open heart that is ready to do what he would have you to do. Uh, as you read God's word, uh, think about how God can, how can I, I apply this? What's the point of this so that I can apply this in my daily life? What would be some action steps I could take? To apply this in my daily life. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. But make sure you spend time in the Word of God. Hear God. Ignorance is no excuse. Did you know if you break the law and, and you are found guilty in a court of law, they don't care whether or not you knew about the law. When I, when I came up here from Texas, uh, in Texas, they had a law for, for uh, booster seats. And my kids were big enough where they didn't have to use booster seats. But guess what? I came to Tennessee. I didn't have my kids in booster seats. And guess what? The law in Tennessee is different. And guess what? I got a ticket. <laughs> they don't care. I want you to know something. Ignorance is no excuse. Spend time in the Word of God so that you can build up your spiritual life and you can walk in victory. It's so important. So important. Choosing habits that bring victory. First of all, hear God. Secondly, thank God. Thank God. Look at verse 10. When you eat and are full, you will praise the Lord your God for the good land 
he has given you. Literally, you will bless the Lord your God. It can involve praise. It can involve thanksgiving. Uh, but the idea is that you recognize God for all the good things that he's done for you. We need to have a habit of thankfulness in our lives. Paul said this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. In everything. No matter what circumstances you're, you're dealing with. Some of you are filled with anxiety about a circumstance you're going through. You know what the prescription for that is? The Bible says, Be anxious for nothing but everything with prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, thankfulness is part of finding the peace of God in your life. Adrian Rogers said this, Are you humbly grateful or are you grumbly hateful? Are you humbly grateful or are you grumbly hateful? Have you ever been grumbly hateful? Sometimes that happens on Monday morning, doesn't it? You get up, you know, and you stub your toe on the bed, and then you step on the cat, and you, you know, and, and uh, the kid's alarm clock didn't go off. And, boy, by the time you're going to school, somebody cuts you off in traffic, and all of a sudden you're grumbly hateful, aren't you? Some of you are looking like, Pastor, I would never do that. <laughs> Listen, God wants us to develop a habit of gratitude in our lives. And so when you feel yourself going the grumbly, hateful route, you need to say, God, I want to confess that to you, and please give me a heart of gratitude toward you. And then just, as an act of the will, thank him for something. Uh, you know, when I, when I was going through a very difficult time in my life one time, I just felt like God said to my heart, uh, it's kind of impressed upon my heart, Start thanking God as an act of the will in the middle of your circumstance. And so I, I would do that. And I can remember I would, I would be in an in a out-of-sorts kind of mood, and I would get up, I'd go out of my office, I'd walk down the hallway toward the restroom, and as I was walking, I would begin to thank God. And you know what? By the time I came back from the restroom, my attitude had changed. You see, it's so easy to forget God, isn't it? We're, we're all busy. We're all going our, our separate ways and, and doing our thing during the week. And we have activities. You know, uh, if you got kids, you're going different places with your kids and doing all these things. Uh, it's so easy for God to kind of drift out of the picture as far as the way we, we're aware of him. And thanksgiving keeps God in our minds and our hearts. So he says, listen, when you have all these things, don't forget to thank God. Don't think that... It's because you're so wonderful that you have all these things. You know, there's some people that believe that. You know, they think the world owes them a living. They think, buddy, buddy, I got all this. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. It's all from me. No, it's not. God has blessed you. God is the one, the scripture says, that gives you the power to earn wealth. Our country could hear that today, couldn't it? We, we, we need to hear that. People vote on the economy for the best guy they think is going to bring about a change in the economy. I'm going to tell you something. We need to have leaders that have character and integrity. And when we honor and fear God and we have people in the land that when the righteous rule, the people rejoice, the scripture says, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. 
But we look to God. He is our supply in everything that we do. Spiritually, he's our supply. Emotionally, he's our supply. Physically, he's our supply. Everything that we have and everything that we are that's good comes from him. So we need to have an attitude of gratitude in our lives. An attitude of thankfulness toward God. So this is a habit you need to develop. Ask God. Say, Lord, help me to develop this habit. And then ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. If you're having trouble being thankful and grateful, say, Lord, I'm not thankful and grateful. I confess it. I ask you to fill me with your spirit so that I can genuinely be grateful. And then just do it as an act of the will. Sometimes you, don't, you do stuff you don't feel like. Say, Lord, I thank you and pick something out. There's a lot of things to thank God for. Thank God I got some, something to sit my Bible on so I don't have to carry it around with me. <laughs> thank God for the clothes you wear. Thank God for the, the food and the drink that you have. Thank God for your health. Thank God for the beautiful weather. Isn't it beautiful out there this time of year? Thank God for these things. Amen. It's all from Him. And have a heart of worship for Him. This will help you in your spiritual life. Uh, one of the things I've learned is I, is that I spend time in praising God in, in music. Because music is something that I just love. And, and, and I spend time praising God. God will do something in my heart. And He will draw me close to Him. There's something about worship that keeps us close to the Lord. So thank God. Worship God. And develop that as a habit in your life. So first of all, what are these habits? First of all, hear God, thank God. Thirdly, obey God. You say, preacher, I know that. Yes, I know you know it. Do you practice it? Look at verse 11. Be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commands, the ordinances and statutes I'm giving you today. Now, he's talking to them about the law of Moses, right? Be obedient to the law that God has given you. And we know as, as Christians under the new covenant, we're not under the law, right? We're under grace. We're under a different covenant, a new covenant. However, God still gives us directives in Scripture, doesn't he? The New Testament is full of commands. And the Holy Spirit comes to live within us to fulfill not just what God wants us to do, what he said, but also the desire of his heart as the Holy Spirit of God leads us in our life. And we're to have an attitude of obedience. You say, well, what difference does it make whether or not I obey God? I'm glad you asked. If you don't obey God, what you will do is you will quench the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And you will not live the abundant life. You will not have God's joy. You will not have God's peace. You will not have the power of God upon your life to serve Him in the way that He wants to use you. Uh, also, you'll have leanness in your soul. You know how I know this? Because the scripture says, even in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were grumbling, right? You remember grumbling, hateful? They were grumbling. And uh, they, had, they said, we are sick to death of this man. We want some meat. Have you ever been there? I think us men can kind of understand that a little better. You know, we like the meat. I want some meat. I'm sick to death of this man. And this was the second time they'd done this. And, and the Bible says that God gave them the desire of their heart. But he sent leanness to their soul. Some of you are lean in the soul. You're experiencing 
part of the discipline of God because you're away from God. You're being disobedient. You're living in disobedience. Another thing that disobedience will bring is chastening to your life. When you don't obey God, the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. That's not out of anger because the wrath of God has been taken out upon Christ in our place. If you're a child of God, God's not mad at you, but he will discipline you. And he will discipline you, and the discipline could be painful. Be very painful in your life. So disobedience brings those things. But what does obedience bring? You remember what Jesus said, um, Abide in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. You remember that? How does he say that we're to abide in him? Well, if you read down a few verses, he says, He that abides in me does the things that I say. It's obedience. Obedience is part of the secret to abiding in Christ. As you choose to obey God, you're taking a step toward Christ. And when you take a step toward Christ, he takes a step toward you. And I'm speaking in terms of, of that sweetness of relationship. Uh, the Bible has given us the Holy Spirit to help us be obedient. So we can ask God to be obedient through us. Uh, so as you abide in Christ, you produce fruit. Well, what is that fruit? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. This is the fruit of a life that's connected to God. You know why so many churches in our day and time in America are fighting and are filled with divisiveness and are defeated? I'll tell you why. Because people aren't walking with Jesus. They walk in Jesus and they're bearing that fruit of the Spirit. There's going to be unity and harmony, provided everybody's doing that, right? So that fruit of the Spirit. Also, uh, your, your victory in your walk with God, your victory over the enemy. How do you find power and strength? Well, you find it by walking in the Spirit. But if you're disobedient, you're pushing the Spirit to arm's length. He's your only source of victory. He's your only power that you have to overcome that old nature inside you. And so when you choose to be obedient, God helps you with the, the victory in your life, have the victory in your life, and, and God's blessing and his hand is upon you so that, uh, as the scripture says, we're, we're experiencing the peace that passes all understanding. So that we're finding God's joy unspeakable and full of glory in times in our life. We're enjoying our walk with God. We're being nourished by drawing close to him. Can I tell you something? There's nothing else in this life that satisfies like Christ satisfies. And there's nothing else in this life that will renew you and restore you like Christ will. As you draw near to him, as you are obedient to him, uh, the, the, the joy of God comes in your life. Well, some of you are saying, well, I'm having trouble with obedience. I want to obey, but I'm having trouble obeying. Well, take heart. God's justified you, so you have a position of access to Him. Take that to God in prayer. Say, Lord, here's what I'm doing. Here's where I am. Be utterly and brutally honest because He knows it anyway. And then say, Lord, I need you to change my heart. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me to walk in Him. Let Him live His life through me so that I can have victory in this area of my life. And then trust God to do it. Some of us don't believe God will help us. Say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Trust him. 
And as you do, God will begin to teach you how to walk in victory if you have a heart to do it. But if you are in stubborn disobedience, you are in a dangerous place in your walk with God. So, uh, if you, choosing habits that bring victory, that's a very important habit, obedience. Uh, by the way, let me just say this. If you're seeking God's will in your life, sometimes people, I want God's will for my life, but you're not being obedient. Why should God tell you what he wants you to do if you're not already obeying what he's already told you to do? You ever thought about that? Part of finding God's will for your life will be taking that step of surrendering your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So, choosing habits that bring victory. Hear God, thank God, obey God, and finally remember God. Look at verse 18. Remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth in order to confirm his covenant he swore to your fathers as is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods to worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will perish. Now he's speaking to the nation of Israel. You forget God, you'll perish. Eventually you'll perish. That's exactly what happened to them. Nebuchadnezzar came and defeated the people of Israel in battle and took them off captive to Babylon. Um, <clears throat> but here's the thing. You can perish in other ways. You can perish spiritually, right? I love that verse in, in the New Testament, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died so you wouldn't have to perish. Hallelujah. No hell for me. I put my trust in Jesus Christ. I will not perish. But can I tell you this? As a child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus, if you're, if you're a believer here today, if you allow your heart to drift away from God, you can perish in other ways. In the, in the sense of, of perishing to the abundant life. Perishing to, to the joy that God wants you to experience. Per perishing to the uh, effectiveness that God wants you to have. It's so easy to forget God, isn't it? You say, well, I don't bow down to idols, preacher. Well, you don't necessarily have to bow down to an idol. Did you know that the Bible says greed is idolatry? Sexual immorality is idolatry? You see, when you begin to drift from God's design for you, and his plan for you. And you begin to let other things take precedence in your life. Above God. You're guilty of idolatry. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be something good. It can be, it can be a hobby. It could be your work. It could be your family even. As good as a family is. As, much, as important as, as that's supposed to be. It shouldn't be more important than God. And if we're not careful. We find ourselves drifting. Away from God. And we begin, yes, we may know about God intellectually up here, but we're not honoring Him with our life. We're not putting Him first. We're not remembering Him the way He needs to be remembered. Um, there have been a number of times in my life where I've had to just come honest with God. I said, Lord, I know you're not the first priority in my life. I've had to confess that to Him. Lord, change my heart, and I confess this to you, and, and fill me with your spirit. And, and, and I've asked him to love God through me so that I can fulfill that commandment. But guess what? This chapter actually refers back to that great commandment 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Who of us has ever fulfilled that perfectly? Only when you're filled with the Spirit of God can you love God the way He desires. But can I tell you something? When you put God first in your life, you'll find that He's no man's debtor. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, Peter said to, to Jesus one time, he said, he said, Lord, what about us? You know, they, he said, uh, you know, all these people are, are going their own way. They're not putting God first. Peter says, well, what about us? We left it all and followed you. You know, he said, what's in it for me? You know. And uh, Jesus says, no one who has left father, mother, houses, lands uh, for my sake and for the gospel will, will fail to receive a hundredfold in this life and in the age to come eternal life. You see, what is he saying? You can't outgive God. Not, by the way, I, I do believe if you give as God tells you to give, he'll bless you financially. I don't believe that's a promise he'll make you rich. Just FYI. But I do believe what he's saying is he'll give you a hundredfold blessing. Do you know there's a lot of people with money that aren't happy? But God can give you a hundredfold blessing. Yet, what does it mean to truly live? Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And what you find is that God showers his blessing upon you when you surrender to him and his purpose and remember him. Have you neglected God in your life? Have you failed to spend that time with him on a daily basis in prayer? Have you neglected his word? Have you treated church as a convenience? If it's convenient, I'll go. If it's convenient, I'll make time for God. Um, have you drifted away? Maybe not. Maybe you're doing those outward things, but your heart has slowly shifted, and you, you have turned away from God towards some other priority in your life. I want to encourage you to lay those things down this morning and say, Jesus Christ, I want you to be my Lord. Change my heart and help me love you the way I should. Choosing habits that bring victory. Hear God, thank God, obey God, and remember God. As we do these things in our lives, we'll learn, and we make these things habits in our lives, what we're going to find is we're going to walk closely with the Lord, and it's going to get sweeter and sweeter as we walk with God. And we're going to love Him more. And we're going to... To develop an expectancy. You know, the more that I live, the more excited I am about leaving this place and going there. This is seen through the glass darkly. That's face to face. So, as you put these habits into practice in your life, your, your relationship with God is going to be sweeter. You're going to have more victory. You're going to have more joy. You're going to have more power in your life. And you're going to have more victory. The thing about the devil is, when, you, when he comes to tempt you and lead you astray, if you quote him scripture, if you draw on the power of the Holy Spirit, guess what? He's going to lose. He can't win. Put these habits to practice in your life and see what God will do in you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the great instruction that you give us. 
Thank you for knowing us, Lord, in our human nature and how we tend to be and uh, giving us instruction based on that, Lord. Help us to um, hear you, to, to spend that time in your word and to, to uh, thank you and praise you for all the good things you've done. And, and Lord, help us uh, to obey you uh, in, in the things that you tell us to do, the things that you tell us not to do in our words and even in our thought life, Lord, help us take those thoughts captive and swap them out, Lord, when, when the enemy puts a tempting thought in our mind. Help us honor you in everything that we do. And help us remember you, Lord, not just in intellectually, but remember you by...